What does Nate Kara say? Should see if it comes back to him. It probably will. <laughs> okay. Enlighten you upset me. me one day about something. Oh yeah. It wasn't hard. It was do. the pie yeah. in the face. It was the pie in the face. Oh Not only yeah. the pie in the face, but I don't Ben, I don't even know if you've heard this part, but where he really messed up is he's like, Well, you were my second choice. <laughs> Oh, my first choice was my journalism teacher, but I told her this and she's like, no, don't do me. I didn't bring a change of clothes. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, I guess I'll do chance then. <laughs> like, I don't mind getting a fly in the face, but I better be your first choice. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair. And I mean, it was one of those. I did it like the day of it was like one of the people who was in my journalism class was, Hey, we're selling tickets. Cause I think they were like, I don't think they were like class president, but they were like one of the student officers and they were selling tickets to like raise money for prom or something. And we're like selling these tickets. You can put any, te- you can throw a pie in any teacher's face. Um, it just costs like a dollar or something. I'm like, okay. So I bought like, I don't even know. I think I bought a few tickets. I was like, I had like a $5 bill. I mean, like, sure, I'll take five tickets. And sure enough, I won like literally an hour later after I bought the tickets, I found out that I won. Yeah. And I was like, I won. And a lot of our uh, journalism teacher was like, no, you can't do that. Uh, I don't have a change of clothes. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll do chance then. (laughs) And I don't know know who was responsible for those things, but like they used menthol shaving cream. Yeah. It wasn't even Cool Whip. No, it was was shaving cream. I remember I was, so they did it during a pep rally and they just gave me this plate full of shaving cream. And, um, I just remember you sitting down you had like a table, like, I don't know what it was like a table apron or something over you. And you were like, Oh, just wait till class tomorrow or wait till class on Monday or something. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I had him write, I had him write the Nate Carr essay. And I gave him like a page essay and I gave him about, I don't know, 10 minutes to work on it. Then I told him I was kidding and we moved on. What was the prompt? Do you remember what the prompt was? I don't even remember. It was like, why Nate Carr sucks? Yeah, something like that. And I was just, I was, I gave, I was given the same prompt too. So I had to be like self-deprecating in my essay. (sighs) It was, it was not fun, but Hey, I think that's a good opening. Hello. Welcome back to the Chimps with Few Cents podcast, where once again, I am joined with Ben, Gracie, and uh, our old high school teacher, Mr. Christopher Chance. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. Really, really busy. Uh, Cater's in one act, and so we're up here in Lubbock, just uh, just trying to bring it home. Please, please do. During my like four years at high school, the farthest we ever made it was... Now, you told me that they're doing district area regionals, whereas whenever I was you know, still in high school, it was, I think it was district by district area, and we only ever made it to area. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, this year is different because of COVID, so they want to, less competitions, less exposure, so. Which I think definitely is a good call to make. So, you know, I know a lot of those uh, kids. I know, uh, I think I know who some of the leads are. And I know one of the technicians because, you know, a lot of them were freshmen or sophomores whenever I was a senior. So I really, really hope they bring it home. Lord knows they deserve it. And I'm just really, really excited. I wanted to see their play because I think they had a performance this past week, but I didn't get to go back home because I was home for Easter. And I was like, I can't go back that close to each other. And on top of that, I have a bunch of projects I need to work on because the semester is about to wrap up so right. really wanted to see it hopefully maybe i'll get the chance to see it at some point in the future who knows but either way i you know wish all of them they i hope they break a leg i they really really deserve it especially their teacher such a hard-working uh theater director and i just good luck good luck to all of them absolutely so, uh, how's y'all's week been though before we get into it ben how was your week good it's been busy definitely definitely fair gracie Definitely busy. We've been doing our workout program, me, Ben, and our friend Chase. And it's been 
it's been great, but I'm feeling pretty miserable today because we decided to do some squats, but <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at. Oof. Yeah. Chase's idea was he's like, we can do a hundred. We've never done any squats where he's like, we can do a hundred. I know we can. And he busts out 60 and I did 20 and I sat down. <laughs> Gracie, I think did like 25. And no. She's, well, I, I did the 60. I wound well, did, up going to 60. I was going to say you did the 25 at first. So the chase was like, all right. And that's 60. And then you're like, okay. And then you got up and you finished your 60. But y'all did not make it to a hundred. I sat my butt on that medicine ball and I was not going to move. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I could not go that far. Definitely not. Absolutely not. No question about it. Oh man. But, uh, we don't have Marcus here, you know, first week without him as a regular co-host, but that does not mean that trivia is going to die. Now, I know I talked to you, Chance. Did you come with a trivia question? Yeah, I got one for you. Um, you're tricky. Here's the thing. And I was thinking about this the other day is like, I'm kind of like the combination of you and Marcus, because I feel like I know more about movies than you do, mm-hmm. but I know less about video games. That's- I know more about video games than Marcus, but less about movies than him. Fair. So it's kind of hard to get you guys questions. So I'm like, well, that would be a hard question for me, but you know, not I, I don't know about you two because you you know everything about your your specific specific topic. <clears throat> you, I, I spend way too much time on the internet reading about different video games, so that is definitely a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I struck gold last time with the Zelda question, but I think I just got lucky on that. I've 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 like told that fun fact to a lot of people actually because yeah. I, I like, find like it really it. interesting. Oh, you have yeah, another well, one like it. Yeah, I got another one that's really random like that. So hopefully it's one of those things like you've either heard somewhere or you have no idea. So I'm going to err on the side of I have no idea because a lot of my knowledge tends to deal with the developers or like the, uh-huh. the gaming process. A lot of it's not like the fun fact kind of stuff. It's just like how the game was made, um, the background behind like the creative directors, the voice acting cast, stuff like that. So maybe yeah, I'll, I'll know it, but I'm willing to bet I don't. Well, I'll stick with fun facts then. Okay, you ready? Yes. All right. So your question is... What video game character was the first to have a float in the Macy's Day Parade? Huh. Okay. What was the question again? What video game character was the first to have a float in the Macy's Day Parade? I think, okay, I think I may have an idea. I just want to kind of get like something confirmed. It was a relatively recent thing, like within the past 20 years. Oof. Um, maybe a little before we'll say last 30 years. Okay. Maybe I don't then. I might've given you a little hint there. <sighs> I'm trying to think. Cause I know Pokemon gets a lot of representation in the Macy's day parade. They get a lot of representation. Pikachu will show up pretty consistently. Uh, I don't think it would be anyone like Mario or Sonic or anything like that though. Cause they just, they aren't like Macy's day characters. Even for Mario's 35th, he wasn't at the parade. So, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. I'm 99% sure it's wrong, but I'm going to say it's Pokemon. I'm going to say it's Pikachu. You, you named it. You just didn't get him. It's Sonic the Hedgehog. Really? Yeah. Sonic was the first one to get a Macy's Day Parade? Thing? I was surprised too. That's why I, that's why I picked that one. I was wow. going to guess that. You were going to guess Sonic? Yes. Wow. I would have never guessed that. I didn't know that Sega really did any of that kind of thing with their characters. Interesting. Okay. Well, do, what, do you have like the specific date, like when it was? I didn't write it down, but I'm I'm guessing it probably been right after release, so probably 92, 93. I'll okay. Google it. 
Gotcha. Yes, please do, Ben. Because I'm very curious of that now. Because I know, like, really the only franchise I know that gets a lot of representation is Pokemon. I can't really think of any other, at least from what I've seen in the parade, I've never seen any other characters get afloat. That's really cool, actually. He was in the parade from 1993 to 1997. Before my time. Okay. (laughs) I guess, uh, okay. I guess that that was during Sonic's heyday, because that was before Sega stopped making consoles. Because their last console they ever made was right around the N64 leading into the PS1, PS2 era with the Sega Master System, which I think released in 97 or 98, if I recall correctly. So like that. that sounds about right. And I think that was the last time really Sonic had a lot of big success with video games. Like, obviously, we've gotten a lot of video games since then, but that was whenever he was a token mascot for a console franchise. And this was before 3D Sonic games were getting a lot of flack because 3D Sonic games historically have kind of faltered both financially and critically. So that makes sense. That was around the heyday whenever you were writing off like Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Sonic and Tails, stuff like that, Sonic, Sonic and Knuckles. So. I can see that. It makes sense. Financially, it sounds like a sound decision for Sega to do. Right. So, okay. I don't know. Did we discuss me bringing you a fact? Yes. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> I'm bringing you a video game fact. That's right. Okay. <sighs> what? I'm concerned that you had to look this up. Well, I, I, I knew the, I knew the, which were in this list. I needed to confer the order. Okay. Um, so uh, what are the top five best-selling video game consoles of all time? Top five best-selling video game consoles of all time. And I'll give you a hint. It's not just home consoles. It's also considered handhelds. Also considered handhelds. Okay, do I have to get them in order or do I just got to get all five? Well, I was trying to find the order, but if you can get the top five, I'll give it to you. Okay. Um, Well, I know from our podcast, the top seller of all time is the PS2. Yes, correct. So there's one. Mm -hmm. I would assume the Game Boy in some itineration is in there. Yes. Okay. You gave me that hint because you said consoles. Yes. And the Game, uh, Boy, the Game Boy, I will say this, it, the Game Boy is grouped together with the Game Boy Color because some people consider it like a half step. They don't consider that's, it a yeah, console. That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like it's got to be in there as, as one or the other and they're kind of the same thing. Just one was kind of an upgrade when when, when we had them. Yes. Um, so you have two. Okay. You're missing three more. Okay, so I'm assuming it's some itineration of the Xbox. Do they group those together too or are they separate consoles? Uh... They 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 definitely would consider them separate, but I will tell you this: Xbox is nowhere in the top five. Really? I yes. Swear, like I would have bet my life, Xbox 360 would have been in there. Uh, well, funny enough, Xbox 360 is in the top ten, but Xbox 360 ultimately was outsold by the PS3. Wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, is that a hint, Nate? That is not a hint. Actually, the PS3 is not in the top five. <laughs> so yeah, that that, that right there is a hint. Okay. Um, hmm. Super Nintendo. No, man. I feel like I've I've lost this down. You want me to keep guessing, or are we just gonna call it? Uh, I'll give you one more guess. One more guess. Okay, and I gotta yes. get three more. Yes. Ooh. I feel like there's a really obvious one that you're missing. Really obvious one that I'm missing. Let's well, see. two, I guess. Two, I guess. One of them I could forgive you for missing because uh-huh. I, it, when you think best-selling consoles, I wouldn't think of this one either. But okay. two of them, I feel like, are pretty are no-brainers. Yeah, well, where I'm kind of struggling is like I would think the NES would be a bestseller, but you know it, it came out in the, the early '80s. So like, was there enough people buying it as opposed to something that came out later where you know it didn't sell, like it wasn't as popular, but there's a lot more people buying it. So that's kind of where my brain's stuck right now. So yeah, I'll go ahead and say the NES. 
No. The NES, while it was very, very influential in saving the video game world from the video game crash of 1984 or 1983, um, it only sold, I think, about... Let me see. Let me see. I think it sold like 40 to 50 million units. Yeah, so I think that's where I struggle because I would think like every kid from my generation had an NES, but they just didn't sell that many as opposed to what they sell now. Yeah, right, right. I got you. Um, The Wii one of them. The Wii is one of them. Uh, Wii is number five. Was that the obvious one? Uh, That one in the PlayStation. So yeah, that PlayStation would have been my next guess because I figured it had to be either the PlayStation or the Nintendo. Okay, the top five is place PS2. You got that right. PS2 is, is number GameCube one. GameCube, the other one? No, GameCube yeah. was actually a commercial yeah, actually, failure. Yeah. yeah, everybody used to have GameCubes. No, the, the GameCube, I knew a lot of people with GameCubes when I was younger. I thought they were more popular than they were. No, they actually were the. So in that generation where you had the PS2, the original Xbox, and the GameCube, GameCube sold the least with, I think it was around 22 million units. The Xbox sold 24 million units. And then the PS2 sold 155 million units. Uh, The top five uh, best-selling video game consoles of all time are number one at the PS2 with 155 million units. The Nintendo DS family. So I think this is also considered the Nintendo DSi and possibly the 3DS. It doesn't really specify. Um at 154 million units. Then the Game Boy and Game Boy, Game Boy Color with 118 million, the PlayStation 4 with 114, and the PlayStation to cap it off at 102. And then the Wii is right below the play, the original PlayStation with 101 million. So the Nintendo DS was one I didn't think you were going to get because I don't think you ever... Did you ever have a Nintendo DS or anything like that? No, see, that one kind of skipped my... Um, man, what one... Let's see, DS would have been like... 2006. 2004, 2005. Okay, I think so it yeah, came out 2004. Here. Yeah, so that's like right when I started having kids. So, <laughs> like, there yeah. was any of that. Yeah, a little hard to make time to play handheld games. I can't say I blame you. Yeah, I didn't think you were going to get it because that's stuff I remember growing up with. That I had a Nintendo DSi, and I'm like, chances are, chance did not grow up with this, which is which is valid, fair. Because I I didn't think you, I wasn't thinking you had kids, but I definitely thought you were in college. I'm like, college students don't have time to play video games. <laughs> well, I was both. Oh, that's true. You were you were both. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so that made even less time to play video games between juggling getting because yeah. you were getting your work. Were you working towards your master's at the time, or were you just working towards your bachelor's? Two thousand four still would have been undergrad. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But I mean, either way, you built to that hard to make time to play handheld video games. Yeah, and then on top of that, working too. Like I was working forty hours a week plus school plus kids. So yeah. Oh Jesus! I don't know how you did it. I could never. That's ridiculous. <laughs> all the props in the world to you sir that that takes a whole other level of dedication okay but us talking about video games i think that brings us very very nicely into our next topic of talking about our i guess it'll be the the gents with few cents top 10 list uh like t- top 10 favorite video games but both me and chance are coming at it with five uh and then you know gracie and ben as we go through the numbers y'all are willing y'all are more than welcome to come and chime in here with your picks i know neither of you are particularly massive gamers or anything but if there are some games or anything we throw in there you're more than welcome to make a comment you know as always so uh chance since you're the guest i'll give you the floor you can start us off what is your uh, what is your number five Okay, so as I went through the list, I wanted to um, kind of get out of the way, the ones I've talked about before, but I think still deserve top five mentions. Mm-hmm. So my number five, and I know you and I could both talk about this one for a while, is Ocarina of Time. 
that is that is very fair. I I do love Ocarina of Time. I've never finished it. I've only ever been able to play it on the Nintendo 3DS through the 3D remaster that came out in sometime in the 2010s. Um, I do love that game for what it's done when it comes to. I, I mean, I don't know why I'm speaking for this. You're the one who grew up playing this game, so please do tell me like what like just why number five? Because I figured actually I would have guessed it would have been higher for you. Well, and I might have put it higher, but I know we, we talked about it when I came on for the first podcast, so I didn't want to like be repetitive. But um, I did the same thing with my list, too. There's a lot of games yeah. that I've talked about a lot on here, but I wanted to admit so that way I'm not rehashing the same things I've said before. Right. Um, well, let's talk about like two summers ago. I picked it up and played it on N64 again. I still have my N64. Um, and it took me all summer. Really? Um, like like two, playing two hours a day, it took me all summer to, to 100% completion. And it just made me think, I was like, oh my gosh, when I was playing this as a kid, we didn't have the internet. Zelda games are so difficult for kids. I don't know why they're that tricky. And I mean, the best we had was like, you know, game advisors where you went and bought a magazine and been like, give you a paragraph about how to do something. And I'm just like, I don't know how I ever finished this game as a kid. Cause I'm literally like on three different sites going, okay, how do I do this in this specific part? How do I do this? And it still took me again all summer long. And of course I'm a teacher, so I'm out. So yeah, probably two hours a day at least playing Ocarina of Time. And I did not get it done until I, I swear the week we went back to school. Jeez Louise. See, that leads me, you talking about like the game guides and everything. The original uh, Zelda game, Legend of Zelda for NES that came out in 1986. Mm-hmm. That game is ridiculously hard because there are a lot of things that aren't explicitly told to the player. A lot of it's very cryptic. There's so many things that you could not even begin to fathom or discover. I, I know people who play Zelda games are like, oh, you just got to discover, you got to try things. I'm like, there's a difference between setting the player free to discover things on their own and make things so daringly cryptic that there's no way to complete it without outside help. Like, There's a reason why Nintendo, during the first early years of the NES, they had a phone number that you could call and get walk through help for video games Absolutely. a lot of people don't know that there was a phone number that was listed in like game manuals or like on the uh, like in the boxes that you would get game cartridges on and it says i forget it was like a support number and you could call and people would be there with like binders with right. like the different like helpful hints and tricks for video games and you would be like i'm at this part i don't know what to do i don't know how to get to the next level and they would like play through it with you because they would have like a a modified NES with the different modified cartridges. And that way they could skip through the game to get to these different portions and help you through it. And when you're like a 10 year old playing an NES in 1985, the internet doesn't exist. You may not know that Nintendo power exists. Like you're, you're essentially kind of stuck. You don't know what to do. And for a lot of people, they just drop the game because I can't figure out what to do. So what's the point of continuing to play it? Yeah. And I was going to bring up Nintendo power. The other thing they did, which was brilliant marketing was, you know, you take a game like Zelda or, you know, even Super Mario Brothers and you would say, OK, here's level one, you know, this part. Here's how you do it. And then at the bottom of that, that little blurb in the February, you know, Nintendo Power of 1989 to be continued. <laughs> yeah. And, and they would just you make you. Feel next, yeah. You would have to buy the next Nintendo Power before, you know, you get the extra help. So brilliant marketing on Disney or Disney um, Nintendo's part there. It 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 is absolutely insane. Just the I wish I like it's kind of weird. I wish I was able to grow up during that time because imagine how like for me, my generation, whenever we need help with video games, we can go to the internet, we can look up how to get to this part, how to complete this shrine or whatever. Um, but or we watch like a video, like a, a video playthrough of the game on YouTube or something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 
while it's a perfectly valid way to complete games, I feel like for a lot of people, a lot of people wouldn't complete games if it wasn't for the video game walkthrough. Um, I would still love to be able to have a phone number to call and be like, hey, how do I get to this part? Because <laughs> there's a, like there's almost sort of like a collaborative aspect because you're having to talk back and forth with the person on the phone going, okay, what part are you at? Okay, let me get there real quick. Okay, we're here. Um, and then they didn't just explicitly tell you. They kind of tried to help you through it. Because at the time also, Nintendo wasn't a big thing. This was right after the video game crash. So not a lot of people were buying video game consoles and they would hire all sorts of people. And I found out there was like this testimonial I saw of this guy who used to work at these like facilities that would work as like these Nintendo support lines. And they would have like at the end of the, the beginning of their days, they'd be like, quick, tell me, how do you get to this uh, dungeon in uh, Zelda? Real quick, go now. And or be like, how do I get to World 1 8 in uh, Super Mario? And they would just like be quizzed on this stuff because they would have to play through the games, try and like find their way around it. Because I don't think these were like fully supported by Nintendo. They didn't give them the resources from the get go. They had to find find out themselves right. and record in like their own binders. And then they would just trade the information along and be like, Oh, you played Zelda. I played Mario here. Let's swap binders. That way we have the information for both of these games. That way we can help people. Like it was a very, not very well orchestrated kind of scheme, but at the same time, there's just something so wholesome about it. I think the fact that there were just these big nerds who love video games and they just united they helped people play video games because at the time it was kind of tricky to figure out your way to play them because a lot of people didn't have exposure to video games you didn't understand the rhetoric behind video games you didn't understand how they were conveying to you what to do as a player it wasn't like a big thing a lot of people who didn't play arcade games the nes might have been their first exposure to a home video game at all right you feel feel like you were born 30 years too late don't you i do like like, that sounds like heaven for nate it's just I'm going to play video games all day and then figure out be great. <laughs> and then talk to people online about how to play the video game. It would be a dream job, but sadly those things like when Nintendo started to gain, to gain more support and they started selling so many consoles, obviously you can't have like, you have millions of people calling you. You can't help every single one of them. So they had to ultimately shut them down, but I still wish something like that existed just because I think it would be so cool. But um, it's a good top five. Uh, I did something similar, except in putting mine at the top five, I just want to say this real quick as like an honorable mention. I've talked extensively about the Last of Us franchise and Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild will always be my favorite game of all time, but for the sake of not being redundant, I went ahead and my top five is comprised solely of games that if I've mentioned on the podcast, I have not mentioned extensively. Um, but I just want to put that disclaimer out there. I love the Last of Us franchise and the Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild will always be my favorite game of all time but i digress let me get to my number five okay my number five is minecraft uh it's a very very weird number five but i have so much nostalgia and so many memories playing minecraft whenever i was a kid in uh, middle school playing it on our ipads that we got uh for the school we would download it through the ios shop and we'd pay we'd play minecraft pocket edition and i had so much fun playing with ben and marcus and our friend nicholas and all these other people and it was just so much fun and then once ever i got into the home console world playing it on my playstation 4 i would watch walkthroughs of minecraft on uh people who play xbox 360 i remember i'd watch a lot of it like minecraft is one of those video games that led to like the surge of uh video game let's plays in 2012 and 2013 that and horror games but minecraft was one of the big ones uh, i mean there's a reason why minecraft is the best-selling video game of all time surpassing mario and tetris it's 
unbelievably popular and it's popular for a reason. It's a fun game and it's a casual game through and through, but at the same time, it advocates to those who have never played a video game before, but it also is, there's something to enjoy if you're a seasoned gamer who have played a lot of video games. Um, I know Gracie, whenever I said that her face lit up, I imagine you have something you'd like to say. Yes, because we're still playing Minecraft, Nate. Me and Ben have been building a cathedral in a desert for a really long time and we could use help <laughs> if you're wanting to still play Minecraft. You should help us out. We play Minecraft all the time. Here's your chance, Nate. Start the 1-800 number for Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, the best-selling video game console have like a one phone number like like support line. Oh, geez. That would be a lot of fun, though. I, a lot of my reasoning putting Minecraft here is because of nostalgia. But it's, on top of that, it's a great, it's a well-designed game. Um, but you know what, Gracie? I will absolutely help you all build your cathedral. Yeah. It's been so long since I've thrown the... Uh, pop the game on, or like actually played the game on my PS4. So you know what? Now's the time. I haven't played it in nearly a year. Now's the time to uh, fire it back on. But can we have a, can we have confession time right now? Sure. Go for it. I was going to do mine one myself. <laughs> Never in my life have I played Minecraft. <gasps> we need to change that. I can't and, say and here, that I'm surprised though. Here, here's why. Because I feel like if I picked it up, that's, Six months from the time I picked it up, I would be in my underwear, in front of my TV, divorced, and jobless, playing Minecraft. No, literally, this, okay, when quarantine started, this is when me and Ben started playing Minecraft religiously. That's all we would do. We would Every just night. get on every single day i didn't want to do anything else but play minecraft i've been having to sort of like schedule times to be able to play because if i play i don't want to stop playing that is that is accurate it was an addictive game as a kid i love that game so much i mean it's a it's a great game too you see it's one of those games where like you don't have to be invested in a story or anything you can just watch it the ambionic music is fantastic one of my favorite video game tracks of all time is subwoofer lullaby I love that piece of music so much. It's just so, it, like, I'll listen to that. So it's on my soundtrack uh, instrumental playlist that I have on Spotify, and I'll just listen to it whenever I'm, like, doing homework. I think it's a great kind of one of those things. And it brings me back to whenever I would watch video game Let's Plays, like, through Captain Sparkles or all these other people on YouTube back in, like, 2013, 2014, whenever I was a kid in uh, middle school, entering into high school. Like, I loved Minecraft, and I still do. There's always going to be a special place in my heart for Minecraft as far as what it meant for me, like, when I was a kid. You know what, Chance? I encourage you to give Minecraft a shot. It's it's definitely not a game for everybody because it's it, just the premise behind it can be difficult for some people to pick up. They're like, what's the point? I'm like, there is no point. That's what makes it so fun. It's, <laughs> Minecraft, it's like Seinfeld. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> Seinfeld of video games. Minecraft Wait. is confined by your own creative expression. So as creative as you want to be, Minecraft is your outlet for that. If you just want to build a house, go to the netherworld, create an ender portal, you do that. You can do that in less than five hours. And then once you do that, you're done. You can never pick up the game again. Just Minecraft is whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Chance, I want to say something because you might find this interesting, but nobody else would. Okay. So on Minecraft, normally what I do is I like build cities and each, each house in the city is normally its own person. 
and I'll develop a currency and everybody will have jobs and I'll start developing a country. And then I'll also have this other city and it becomes its own country. And I start having countries and cities and economies and things like that. Okay. Through doing that, I've noticed a lot of like trends that happen in most of those, especially in like the international relations aspect between my cities, I am learning about in my political science classes, stuff that I like noticed years ago playing Minecraft. So you realize that human nature plays itself out no matter what? Basically, yes. I can't believe you because I remember one, like going back to like the beginning of our friendship. I remember like sixth grade sitting down at the lunch table like you and your friends were at the time. Now, my friends, um, y'all would talk about this like Minecraft city y'all had and y'all talk about like, OK, what are we going to do this weekend when we play? And that would just be all y'all talk about at the time. I didn't have a video game console. I didn't yet. I don't think download the pocket edition of Minecraft on my iPad so that you were my first exposure to Minecraft, Ben. You were the wow. one that got it started for me. Yeah, I was a president of our own little Minecraft country. And then I think Chase was like the secretary of war. And oh, I think Nicholas, like, Nicholas was like the secretary of the treasury. Like we had, I had a whole cabinet together. <laughs> that is the most Ben sentence I've ever heard in my entire life. That is the start of a fascist regime. <laughs> oh, geez. We were nice. Okay. People had jobs. <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't really? pay them and... <laughs> we heard people they didn't, but yeah, we didn't have jobs. For the record, back then there weren't any villagers, so we didn't have to kill any natives. So I was about to make a joke. I was like, we looted the villagers. We did what we had to, okay? Nope. There was only two villages that naturally occurred, and there were no villagers at that point. What's the what's the Ragnarok line? The prisoners with jobs. <laughs> okay. Oh man. Uh also, Nate, my original confession, I was gonna say, I still feel bad for blowing up your house and like Oh yeah, there it was. <laughs> he did that to me There's all the, the time. That was there a different. Was, that was a different world. <laughs> there was this specific seed. Whenever you could use this, whenever I think seeds were more popular, and they didn't have as many different like infinite generations of the Minecraft world. There was this specific seed I would always choose because I knew where it had diamonds, and I would choose that seed, and I would always go. I would have diamonds in less than ten minutes. I would go in, get the diamonds, and then me and Ben actually found a duplication glitch where if both people tap on the chest at the same time, you could infinitely duplicate your diamonds nate did i ever tell you i figured out a way to do that by yourself how like you could like you would like hold it and as the green bar was filling up if you close out of the chest it would duplicate it it'd be in your inventory and in the chest i did not know that that's actually really cool i get i doubt it works now i doubt it because we well, didn't probably really have not minecraft pocket edition anymore now i think it's minecraft bedrock edition yeah it's the same edition they have on like the xbox and computers Sorry, I have to rewrite my list on paper because my phone's about to die. So. <laughs> yeah, that makes me feel old while he's while he's talking because you guys were talking about playing on your was it your iPads? Yeah, yeah. iPads we had at the middle school. You know what our makeshift video controllers were? Uh, Pencil and paper. GI eighty twos. <laughs> i've heard a lot of stories actually of like video game developers who are really big in the industry like nintendo's yeah. president that the nintendo president that died in 2015 satoru wada he actually started out at like his coding video game career with mm-hmm. a uh hp calculator that he bought for um i forget how much yen was at the time but it was equivalent to about four thousand us dollars because that was whenever the yen was at an all-time low and he bought it and he started developing his own little games that he would share with his friends when he was like in middle school and high school and that's what started his video game development career and he is one of the people that started uh or he was like one of the big influential minds behind video games like super smash brothers pokemon uh he worked at how laboratory so he was one of the people that helped create 
Jake Kirby. He was like a really, really big video game like influencer. And like whenever he died, both uh, PlayStation and Xbox like sent out like this condolence thing. And they're like, um, whenever his funeral happened, I think it was PlayStation sent out a tweet saying the skies in Kyoto are crying today uh, for justified reason. Cause that was the day that he was getting buried. Um, and it was just, it's funny how like technology has evolved going from like people coding games on calculators to then making like preliminary games like pong on computers and then them kind of transitioning over to the home console world and stuff. But we've talked about Minecraft enough. I think uh, we could probably talk about it for hours on end because I have so much memory, so much nostalgia for it. But um, go on to number four, uh, sir. What is your number four? Okay. Number four for me is super Mario world. Okay. Fair. You're talking about Super Mario, Super Mario World or Super Mario 3D World? Super Mario World, SNES. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, um, what I, I think what my generation really loved was it was the first time we jumped up to 16-bit. Mm-hmm. And for us, that was golden. I mean, I know we kind of like double in capacity every new, but for some reason, the jump from 8 to 16-bit was just insane. Like, we... We just couldn't believe our eyes what we were seeing. It was so colorful. The music was good. Plus, I think what really set Super Mario World apart is you have the introduction of Yoshi. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was it was great because I think I I don't know if this came in. I don't know if this was a game that came after Super Mario World or if it was a remake of Super Mario World, but Super Mario World Yoshi's Island. I think that might have been the sequel, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. It was the sequel. Which, yeah, totally unrelated. Different gameplay than what you had with... Uh, Super Mario World, but yeah. yeah. For me, I have more appreciation for Super Mario World, uh, Super Mario World Yoshi's Island because that's what also started the Baby Mario era of Nintendo. Um, and I, I love the Baby Mario era because you get a lot of really cool stories because um, a lot of it also has to pertain to Bowser and Bowser Jr. Um, and I mean, surprisingly enough, Mario does have some sort of like canonical story that carries throughout the games. Uh, but I I have a great appreciation for it, too, because that 16-bit era, especially the limits they were able to push the SNES and Sega Genesis to at the time was incredible. Going from stuff that was pretty preliminary, like what you see in Metroid or Legend of Zelda or Mario 2. 16-bit was Super Mario, Super Metroid, uh, Star Fox, Star Fox 2. Um, And on top of that, Rare at the time was developing a lot of really, really cool games like Donkey Kong Country. Technically, a lot of people say N64 is the first console that brought 3D to it. Technically, Rare found a way to develop uh, 3D graphics with the SNES. It just wasn't in a 3D space like it is. It wasn't. It wasn't free world. Is yeah. Yeah, deal. yeah. yeah, but they had 3D graphics. It just you weren't able to explore a 3D world like you were in Ocarina or uh, Super Mario 64. Um, so if it wasn't for the super, uh, if it wasn't for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, we would not have 3D game 3D games as it is because it was such an influential and significant part of uh, graphic development history. Uh, which I mean, Rare, especially I love Rare as a company. Rare developed some amazing games from Banjo Kazooie, Conquers Bad Fur Day, some fantastic games. And so yeah. I think that's yeah, a you, good pick. Yeah, when you see that Rare logo, it's like universal. Like you see that logo and you just know what you're about to play is going to be awesome. Absolutely. Um, and honestly, what kind of made me think about Super Mario World 
is um, a meme I saw. So, and, and every every kid from my generation can can relate to this. It's um, okay. So, in, in Super Mario World, there's there's a certain level where there's this jump that nobody for like the and again, we, you know, he's kind of talked about. There was an internet, so nobody could figure it out. So, on had to had to do this one jump in this specific level, and then finally we figured out what you have to do is you have to jump into the chasm with Yoshi, mm-hmm. and then right before you fall, you jump off of Yoshi. Yoshi dies and then you finish the jump. And so the meme is like Mario jumping off a of Yoshi and then Yoshi has like tears in his eyes and then Mario flips around and gives him a double bird. I've seen that so many times. It's fantastic. So yeah, any, any kid from my generation just died laughing when they saw that because it, it took us forever. Once we did everyone, we were just doing it for fun after a while. <laughs> just watching so many countless little Yoshis fall to their death. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, my number four is actually a really, really weird one. Um, and it might surprise you, Chance. It might surprise uh, Ben and Gracie, too. Is It's technically two games, but I'm going to group them together because uh, one of them was like scrap content for the first one. They just re-released it because the first game was already had so much content to it. Is Wii Sports and Wii Play. Um, I have so much nostalgia. A lot of my list is fueled by nostalgia. I'm just going to be straightforward. But the amount of enjoyment that you can get out of Wii Sports, regardless of age, regardless of your exposure to video games, is priceless. Wii Sports and Super Mario for the Wii was some of the first games I ever played through and played extensively. We're talking for hundreds of hours on end. Whether it was playing with my immediate family at on our house for like Christmas or playing at my grandparents' house because Lord knows everybody and their uncle had a Wii, regardless of if you thought they did or not. Um, the Wii was just one of those things that everybody had because it was affordable and it had a lot of fun to be had, regardless of if you were an avid gamer or you were somebody who just never played a video game ever in your life. Because we brought with it motion controls and that's just no other video game at the time really utilized gyro or motion controls with it. I was going to say, honestly, uh, we almost made my list. The Wii sports almost made my list. Really? Um, yeah. And again, and I just want you to know, it hurts my heart that you call the Wii nostalgia. Um, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but it is, um, that's, that's actually about when my kids came to consciousness. And I remember playing Wii with my kids for the first time and just, uh, you know, just just playing tennis back and forth and, and pissing my daughter off because I wouldn't let her win or um, you know taking some aggression out playing home run derby like I have I have lots of warm feels about about the Wii Sports franchise. I I love Wii Sports and the entire like Wii Wii because you know if it was developed by Nintendo in house and it had the actual Wii logo with W I I on it uh, attached to a name whether it was Wii Music Wii Play Wii Sports Resort um, all of them were quality but Wii Sports and Wii Play especially for me were just such influential parts of my childhood uh, I even when me and Ben were in college how many times did we play Wii Bowling. <laughs> Many, many times. Exactly. It's it's great. I remember getting frustrated too about it because we Ben somehow found this way where he could almost guarantee himself getting at least a spare, if not a strike. And I could not do it. I'm just not coordinated and I would get frustrated and I could not get it. So Ben would always wipe the floor with me when it came to playing Wii Sports. Hey, you know how I figured that out? How? Probably like a thousand hours of Wii Bowling. <laughs> That's, that's that's accurate. Yeah, that sounds like Ben. Like I'm just going to obsess over this until I become just better than everybody else. <laughs> I'll say it sounds a lot like you to beat your daughter to game and not let her win. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna learn early. There's no free handouts in mine. <laughs> that's fair. Coming from you. Uh, though. Yeah. 
I mean, hey, you know, when you nail down a technique and like, hey, Chance, whenever he was a kid, I'm sure his parents were the same way. They wouldn't let him win at games if he ever played them with his parents. If there were any like games, I don't know if there were really any games that really like spoke to cross-generational play. Most games prior to the Wii were aimed specifically just at kids. Yeah, the only thing I remember my old man ever playing was Sonic and he was horrible at it. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, so there was no... uh... There's no cross-generational, at least with me being a kid. I mean, hey, you're not wrong, though. There's no free handouts in life. you got to learn that lesson early. (laughs) Um, But I incorporated Wii Play in here because for those of you who don't know, when it comes to development-wise, a lot of the mini games and such that were associated with Wii Play were originally developed to be a part of this big compendium of little mini games that would be bundled with the Wii, which would have been Wii Sports and Wii Play kind of together. You would have had billiards mixed with tennis, mixed with boxing, mixed with tanks, mixed with uh, Pose Me, mixed with all those little games. Uh, but whenever they found out just how much enjoyment and time you could get out of just these individually packaged games, they were like, no, we need to make these separate. So I think it was a year after the Wii came out, they packaged Wii Play with a Nintendo Wiimote because they wanted to encourage multiplayer. And it was a good way to do it because it was $40 to buy a Wiimote or $50 to buy a Wiimote with Wii Play. And it was almost like a no-brainer. I'm like, oh, I get a game and a controller. It's it's practically like getting one for free. So it was. there's a reason why Wii Play is also a very big top-selling game on the Wii uh, game charts. It's I think it's in the top 10. Um, so I love Wii Play. I specifically love the tank mini game or the tank game. I remember, I forget when it was. I think it was semi recently. Me and Ben were trying to play that tank game and we were trying to get as far as we could. And we found out there's like 20 levels, I think. And we only ever made it to like level nine because it gets really hard towards the end. Um, Because I mean, as much as I love the Wii, we got to acknowledge working with that little IR pointer and everything can suck. It was motion controls at its infancy. So it's nowhere near as accurate as as it is now. And actually, a fun fact about the Wii uh, IR sensor is the little like sensor bar. It all it is is it's a little row of red infrared lights, and you can actually use a line of candles as like your little like area because all it is is the red light reflects back the little IR sensor in the uh, the Wii mote, and candles will actually do the same thing. So if you don't have your uh, sensor bar, just put a few candles in front of your TV, and you can get the same effect. So, you know, I feel like that would be just burning down his TV. <laughs> I mean, we did something similar to it a few days ago. Whenever we were having game night, we had some candles in front of one of our friends' TVs and we didn't burn it down. You know, my father, if you're listening, if you're listening, you know, being an avid firefighter, we didn't start a fire. (laughs) Okay. Just want to throw that out there. Um, But that caps our number four, uh, bringing us to number three. So let me ask you, sir, what is your number three? Okay. So number three, I struggled with because I went with kind of something that's repetitive, but I felt like was super important versus something that was inspirational. So the one I left out was um, Grand Theft Auto. Really? The original Grand Theft Auto? Grand Theft Auto 2. The original wasn't super great, but Grand Theft Auto 2, like, again, that was, that was for my generation, it was something. uh, We talked about like, you know, Mortal Kombat being the Quentin Tarantino of video games. Well, this is the next step up because again, parents just freaking out over what happened in Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) That's true. Um, I'm trying to remember what the original name was for Grand Theft Auto because it wasn't always Grand Theft Auto. It was something else, but I forget what it was. Um, 
Oh. It was Cops and Robbers. That's what it was. Cops and Robbers was yeah. the original name for Grand Theft Auto. But and so they had it to where you could play as either a cop or a robber. And then they discovered that it was way more fun to be a robber. Yeah. So they just scrapped the cop part entirely and they just made it Grand Theft Auto. Yes, Gracie. I just read something online and it says that it was actually called Race and Chase. Race and Chase? Okay. Maybe I have it. I have it wrong, but um, that's what the that's what the premise was. Where you would play as either a cop or a criminal, and yeah. they just discovered that it was way more fun to play as a criminal. I wonder why so I read that. Thing. I must have read wrong. It um, does have something to do with police cars and stuff. It said that it was originally called Race and Chase, but a glitch with the police cars made them go crazy and ram into player, and it proved so popular that then they just decided to make it GTA. Interesting. I have my facts wrong. What the heck? Is that why cops in GTA can't drive with a crap? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Surprise me. That that freaking. Uh, to be fair, the race, the driving physics in GTA are kind of broken. A little bit, yeah. I think um, it makes it more fun. I wish oh. you could strap a rocket onto some of them. How they handle? That'd be so much fun. <laughs> Do you have a lot of nostalgia playing other uh, Grand Theft Auto games like San Andreas or uh, Vice City? Do I? Um, well, really, that was it. Because again, let's see. Um, what was that about? 2002, 2003? Yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right after that was when I had kids. So like, I, I wasn't playing San Andreas Fault in front of the three-year-olds. That, that, so, that makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah it's, it's literally just two, and that's about it. Um, but anyway, that's not even my my pick. My, my pick that went over it, and this will make Ben happy, Super Mario Kart. <laughs> Wait, 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 are you talking about Super Mario Kart for the SNES? Yes. Okay, gotcha. So, so yeah, the great thing for my generation with uh, Super Mario Kart was was really kind of the first game you could play with friends. You know, there was there was probably some others, but what what I really remember was playing Super Mario Kart, and um, it was the first one to actually introduce battle mode as well. So in that that version, you'd have like three balloons above you, and then you try and go around and pop everyone's balloons. I'm trying to think if there were any other games prior to Super Mario Kart that really kind of propelled the multiplayer aspect. And I mean, you had it to where you could do like two player in Mario, but it wasn't you playing simultaneously. It was you play and then you swap controllers and then whoever your player two is plays. And then you just kind of see who makes it farther. So we'll keep that going because one of my other, one of my other options is going to answer that question for you. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that really before Smash Brothers came with the N64, it was really just Mario Kart. It was really your only option when it came to doing multiplayer. Mm-hmm. That and I don't know if Wave Race was a multiplayer game. Maybe F Zero was too. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, Mario Kart's the only one that really comes to mind. I don't know if Wave Race or F Zero were multiplayer games. They might not have been. Well, you did have you had some of the the side scrolling beat 'em up games. Um, mm-hmm. like I remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was, you could, That's you could true. Yeah. play cooperatively, but I mean, those were all the same game, just with different skins. So that got old real quick. Mm-hmm. And the SNES, if I recall correctly, was only up multiplayer for up to two players versus when the XC4 came out, you could do up to four players. They did have an extension that you could buy, um, and play with four players. But again, there weren't that many games. Um, I know there was Mario Kart, and then there was also a game called Bomberman, which was a lot of fun. Yes, I love Bomberman. But, uh, Bomberman's great. You know, you, you can't really see, <laughs> you can't have, really have a title named Bomberman post 9-11, but, but yeah, that's what we called it back then. And that was actually a really fun four-player game, too. 
Yeah, I, I love Bomberman. They One of the launch titles for the Nintendo Switch was Super Bomberman R. And that, next to Breath of the Wilds, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot else that came out around the time. I think like Switch had like six titles in total. Mm-hmm. And Super Bomberman R, you had 1-2 Switch, you had, you had Breath of the Wild. And then I think you may have had like Shovel Knight. I don't remember if Shovel Knight was one or not. But really, those were your only three main ones that people got because I think the rest were digital. And Super Bomberman next to Breath of the Wild were like the one that everybody at launch for the Switch was like, oh my God, this is a great game. It's like one of the few things that really made people want to buy a Switch because you could play Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. So for a lot of people, it wasn't a justifiable purchase. Um, But really really cool that's a good pick it's a good pick um i see you have a lot of affinity i thought you would have had more n64 games on here but i'm saying you've got a lot of affinity for the snes well you know i was thinking it's because i talked a lot about the n64 on our podcast that's true like i I intentionally left off goldeneye um i left off Star Fox because you know we talked about those two um mario 64 you know I, i as much as i love mario 64 like super mario world i guess was more impactful it's fair. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I still, I still number one is is in sixty four, but yeah, I think SNES is right behind it. That's very fair. Which you know, kind of piggybacking off of you with Mario Kart, I have a Mario Kart game on here too, but this is not uh, as uh, you know classic or old school as yours is. Mine is Mario Kart Double Dash for the GameCube. And I have a lot of affinity for this because I had a friend that I would uh, was really, really good friends with like kindergarten through like second grade, I think. Um, and I would always go over to his house and we would play Super Smash Brothers Melee, uh, Mario Kart Double Dash and Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness because those had all multiplayer modes, you know, Smash Brothers Mario Kart, infamously great multiplayer games. And then Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness, you could enter a battle mode where you're set with this pre-generated team of Pokemon and you just battle against somebody like local co-op way and i have so much affinity for mario kart double dash because i think the gameplay is way more balanced than later installments of mario kart and the whole mechanic of just swapping drivers um it it just really really fascinating to me i i thought it was really interesting and i wish mario kart mario kart's been riding mario kart 8 and mario kart 8 deluxe for the past like 12 or not not that long game came out in 2012 so i think they're riding on the same kind of version of the game for the past like nine years nearly I'm ready for something new and I really, really hope whether, whether it's like Mario Kart nine or Mario Kart infinite, whatever they name it, I really hope they incorporate some new ideas like they did with Mario Kart double dash. Cause the Mario Kart prior to double dash was the N64 Mario Kart, which that was a great game too. But going from that to this, where you have better graphics, you're really able to utilize that dolphin software that was being used with the GameCube and later with the Wii. Just, I love the different change of pace that it added. Cause you could do, uh, multiplayer where somebody's driving your cart and somebody's controlling the items with the person who's riding on the cart with the driver. It's just really, really cool, different kind of gameplay mechanics. And I think I really hope they incorporate something new or different like that into the next future installment of Mario Kart. Cause I love Mario Kart. It's a great party game. Yeah, who's everybody's Mario Kart driver. I'm one of those people that uses their me. <laughs> I just, that, that just made my brain melt. I didn't, I didn't even realize that was an option. Oh, well, it's only in me, I think, in Switch. I don't think you could do it in Mario Kart Wii or anything, even though you should have. You think about you could do it, it on the Wii U. Oh, you could do it in the Wii U. That's right. Well, I mean, Mario Kart 8 is the same game, essentially, from the Wii U to the Switch. It's just Mario Kart and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe where they incorporated, like, you had the DLC maps unlocked at the beginning, and there's, like, a few additional carts and different, like, items to play with. But it's pretty much the same game. Definitely the same tracks. But they should have had it where you could play with the Mii 
in Wii, but I'm one of those people that plays with their me and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. But whenever I played with the Mario Kart Double Dash, I would always do uh, Boo and uh, PD Piranha. Those were the two that I would always play with. Mm. That was Those were my two. Um, I was about to say, for regular Wii, when I used to just play Mario Kart, I was always Diddy Kong. That was my thing. And then for like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I feel like I do the... Do you usually like do Gold Peach or something? Peach? Yeah. Gold Peach, that's right. Yeah. Ben's just tried and true. He does Mario every single time. Well, there's a story behind that. Okay. Originally, I played it on the DS, but I always like played against real people. And when you join someone else's game and you didn't have the game, you were always shy guy. Mm-hmm. So I was always shy guy. And then when I got the Wii and started playing the Wii version, I don't know if y'all know this on the Wii version, the characters are different cars. Like Mario doesn't have the same cars as Pete. Or no, she doesn't. He does have the same as Peach. I think. There's certain, some characters have same cars and some characters have different cars. And there's one called the classic dragster and it just looks really cool and it drives really nice. And I like it. And Mario, Luigi, Peach, I think in Yoshi all had that car. So I always just picked Mario because I'd always play with my cousins and my cousin always liked being Luigi and they had the other one liked being Peach. And, you know, it was between Yoshi and Mario. So I just picked Mario. So then when I start playing with y'all, I just always pick Mario because that's just what I've been doing for years. I feel like that also might be part of the reason because red's your favorite color, isn't it? It was pink up until kindergarten, according to my mother. And then someone told me that pink was a girl's color. And then I switched to red, but I don't remember that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I do like pink, but uh, red's always been my favorite color to my knowledge. I think that's part of the reason. Unresolved trauma there. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? If you want your favorite color to be pink, Ben, let it be pink. I love pink. I think pink's a great color. Well, see, the thing is now, I don't, maybe the kids scarred me enough. I like red more than I like pink. Like pink's my second favorite color, but red's just your second favorite. At least it's your second. I don't know. (laughs) You want to wear pink, you wear pink, Ben. I do wear pink from time to time. I have a pink shirt that's like in my regular rotation of clothes. That's true. I remember you wore it not that long ago for Easter because you and Chase kind of did the pastel matching color thing. Yeah, we didn't plan that at all. Mm-hmm. He was pink and then Chase was like a very light pastel blue. Was, I'm serious. Good. We didn't plan that at all. It just worked out like that. It was great, though. <laughs> it was right. great. Okay, number two. Uh, what is your number two or your second best, per se? Where are you? Do I? I the Super Mario Kart. We're on oh. yours. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, my number two is the Resident Evil 2 remake. Wait, do we get your number three yet? Yeah, it was Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. okay. I thought we were still just talking about mine. No, no, no. That was mine. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Oh, I already said my number two, so do you want me to go ahead and talk about it? <laughs> it, was, it was what? Resident Evil what? Res- Resident Evil 2 remake. The 2019 remake of the, I think it's like a 2001 or 2002 game. I think okay. if I recall correctly. Question. Is that the one you always play in front of me and Gracie? Yes, that is that one. Okay. Yes. Um, I love the Resident Evil franchise. Uh, one of my most anticipated games is the Resident Evil Village game that's coming out in May. I'm so excited for that game because it looks like such a different change of pace. And it just looks like such a new, fresh take on the Resident Evil franchise. And that's definitely something that the Resident Evil franchise needed in 2019 whenever they released the Resident Evil 2 remake because... Um, while Resident Evil 7 was great, a lot of people had Resident Evil's a little bit of a like sore kind of game because you had games like Resident Evil Revelations, which only came out on the Wii U, and you also had games like Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6, which kind of were commercial and critical flops. They weren't very well received. 
And my first exposure to Resident Evil was the Resident Evil 2 remake. I absolutely love that game. I think the gameplay is very well balanced. I think it's a kind of going back to what we were talking about with Legend of Zelda and like those little numbers and stuff that you would call for help. Resident Evil does those kind of cryptic puzzles really well, where instead of just letting the player loose without giving them any sort of explanation or guidance, Resident Evil gives you a lot of different things to build the world around and go off of when it comes to trying to find puzzles and such to solve. I think when it comes to a good puzzle game, you can call Resident Evil a puzzle game, and I would not dispute that fact. I think it has some great wit to it when it comes to the writing, especially some of the more mid-tier Resident Evil games like Resident Evil Code Veronica and Resident Evil 4. And Resident Evil 2 especially has some pretty funny moments in it sometimes. And on top of that, the gameplay is just really satisfying. It Nothing feels more awesome than sending an RPG flying at Mr. X. I think that is absolutely killer. <laughs> Uh, and the sheer dread you get, the sound design in that game is phenomenal. The fact that you can be walking anywhere in the RPD and you just hear his heavy stomps following behind you and you don't know where he is, you don't know where you're safe. It's just terrifying, and I love it. I absolutely love horror games, and I think Resident Evil 2 is a big part of that. One I of the best parts. It. Sorry, one of the best parts of that game is after Nate's died a couple times, and it'll be like, "Do you want to put it on easy mode or something to that effect?" <laughs> and Nate screams at the television, "F no, I'm not doing." That. <laughs> and like you know, about thirty minutes later, he still hasn't beaten that one section, and he's like, "Okay, okay, we'll just pretend this never happened." <laughs> I, I've never clicked you on that. Assisted no, mode. you did that once. I remember that. You're like, "I can't do this." <laughs> you were very sick. That I remember that it was la- it was before COVID. It was last spring. I remember. I don't oh, remember. Him I do ever. remember what it was. It was one of the last Mr. X fights. Yeah, it was. I was so that. fed up and I'd already been doing that fight for like three hours. I'm like, whatever. Fine. I just want to get this game finished. I remember oh, he did that once. Every other cool. time he's like really defiant. And he'll normally get it normally quickly after it prompts that. But there was that one time. <laughs> you know what? So after so much time, it just becomes an insult. You're like, you know what? Fine. Maybe I do need help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Resident Evil equivalent of Netflix asking you if you're still there. Pretty Basically. much, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what did you TV? <laughs> Very judgmental TV and judgmental video game. I wonder. I wonder. And this this is getting a little dark, but I wonder. I wonder how many dead bodies they found with that on the TV. What do you mean? That's an interesting question. With the hey, are you still there on the Netflix? And the oh. guy like died while watching Netflix, and it's just still on. I'm oh, looking geez. that up. I want to know. That's that a dark is a, fact. That is a good question, though. I'm gonna have. It's to gotta this, have happened at least once. I'm gonna have to make this uh, podcast episode marked for explicit content. <laughs> that, I wouldn't call that explicit. <laughs> it's not rated for younger audiences. Okay. <laughs> okay. What two year olds are watching this? I don't know who's listening. We have a European viewer, apparently. Okay. Here, let's let's do this edit. I wonder how many times. They found people with the Netflix. Are you still there? And they're sleeping forever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Gracie, you want to, when you find that fact, just chime in. Um, but that's my number two. I have such a great appreciation for Resident Evil 2. Uh, what is yours, sir? Okay. So mine, and again, I, we talked about it, but I just can't leave it off my list is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. That is, that is a very fair choice. Very, very fair choice. It's crazy because, um, you know, skateboarding was big, like late Mm eighties. And then like, if you were a skateboarder in the early nineties, you were the biggest dork on the planet. (laughs) And then Tony Hawk per skater literally on its own made skateboarding cool again. 
Really? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, what around what time would that have been? Like mid '90s, somewhere in there. Uh, I think Tony Hawk Pro Skater probably came out like '98, and then okay, Pro Skater Two was about 2000. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. so you're you're still riding also off of that because I think a lot of like a big like kind of uh, contributing factor to the skater boy kind of cliche is uh, MTV and a lot of the big pop stars that were relevant at the time because you had I don't think Avril Lavigne was big yet but you had like people who were in the grunge or the pop rock scene that were starting to emerge out of that. And they were the people who were wearing like torn up vans, torn ups, converse, and they were, you know, had tattoos, the dark shaded eyeliner, the black nail polish, all that stuff. And that became very closely related with that kind of skater boy image. So that's fair though. I bet Tony Hawk. Kind of what you're talking about though. We we called them freaks, which uh, I know sounds like a horrible term, but that was the actual term for them. Uh, the skater boy image was more Hurley and elements and like bright, colorful t-shirts, vans. Um, and then a lot of, uh, a lot of khakis actually was kind of the look. Really? And there's actually, yeah, there's actual skateboarding shoes that are like thicker on the insides for, for doing ollies and kickflips and things. And so they're like real clunky looking kind of oversized shoes. Uh, so that was the look. I, I dressed like that in like 2000. I'll have to find you some pictures. For you you guys. were a skater boy. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. You heard it here first. Christopher Chance was a self-proclaimed skater boy in the early 2000s. Sort of on the same topic. Have y'all seen those like stories from Tony Hawk of people recognize or not recognizing him, but saying yeah. like, you look a lot like Tony Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I if remember you're following Tony Hawk on Twitter. Definitely do it. It is the funniest Twitter account ever. Like, I remember there was one, he went to a local skate park just to watch the kids skate. Cause I mean, I don't know if he does it much anymore at his age. And one of the kids came up to him and was like, you know, you kind of look like Tony Hawk. If you were a little skinnier, <laughs> there was something to that. Effect. Wow. And he's like, that was the biggest letdown of my life. <laughs> That's actually really funny. See, yeah. I haven't, I haven't played Tony Hawk yet. I have a great appreciation for it because as somebody who is not by any means a skater boy, you know, shows like just now you were like telling me, like, that wasn't really the scene that shows how much I really know about that scene. Cause I, in my mind, I kind of group all those people together. Cause I had like, I feel like I definitely in middle school in like early high school, I would have considered myself a freak cause I was into a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was not a skateboarder, but I had a lot of friends who were. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of is why I kind of group my like group the skateboarder people into that kind of scene. But that was also much later, not early 2000s. We're talking like, yeah, yeah. Late 10s. Yeah. yeah, the group you're talking about, they were more like the Marilyn Manson crowd. Yeah, yeah skaters were, and again, I'm going to date myself here and I already hate myself for this, but we were in spa music. Um, we were into, you know, Nirvana and stuff like that. And kind of the, the West coast, like sublimey, uh, you know, red hot chili peppers kind of stuff. That's, so. that's very fair. Okay. Yeah. I can understand that, but I, I, I have appreciation for the game and I really want to play the Resident Evil uh, or not Resident Evil. I really want to play the Tony Hawk pro skater one and two remake that came out this past year. I, I want to play it. I've been meaning to pick it up. I was going to pick it up on black Friday, but I completely forgot to, um, but I will play it at some point. I, I know it's a staple game. I know Mar- or Marcus has had a lot of appreciation, and a lot of fun with it because he bought the remake. So mm-hmm. I need to give it a try. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, but that caps off our five through four. Um, I know I had said some honorable mentions earlier. Are there any honorable mentions you would like to throw at us before we move into our top pick? Well, I think I hit mine. Like honestly, Goldeneye would be one. Um, mm-hmm. 
I forgot about Halo. I don't know if I'm stealing your thunder Ooh. with Halo, but um, Halo's good. I was I was really trying to debate between Goldeneye and Halo. Fair. Um, so I feel like you know Goldeneye created it, and then Halo perfected it. So um, yeah, those would probably be my my top three there. Honorable mentions. I'm definitely with you there on the Halo, but I didn't grow up with Halo. I've only semi-recently become a Halo fan because I have the Master Chief collection for my PC, and that's what I'll play Halo on occasionally. Mm-hmm. I think Halo is a great game. Even looking back on it as a kid, playing it at select friends' parties maybe once or twice during my entire like childhood, playing it like a handful of times, I did have some fun, even though I was pretty much just getting my butt beat the entire time. Um, it was it was still a fun game, you know, r- going around riding on a ghost, just ramming into people. Uh, I'm trying to think what the term would be for it, you know, just uh, defiling the corpses of the people you just killed, waiting for them to respawn. You know, there's there's a lot of fun to be had with that if you're a teenager or, you know, an immature adult like me. Uh, but I love Halo, definitely with you there, especially with Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST. Those are great games. And uh, one other one I want to throw out there in that kind of same genre of games is Doom. I love Doom so much. I've been playing through the retro Doom games on my Switch because you can actually, you can play, I think, pretty much every Doom game except for Doom 3 BFG because nice. uh, I think that was mainly an Xbox game. But you can play Doom 1, Doom 2, Doom 3, Doom 64, the 2016 Doom remake, and Doom Eternal. You can play all those on Switch. And I have Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal for my PS4, but I've been playing through Doom 1 through Doom 64 on my Switch. I love those games. Even for how old they are, I think they've aged very well, and there's a lot of fun to be had with those. So that's an honorable mention for me is the Doom franchise as a whole. I think you ever have a bad day, you just you know need to let off some steam. There's no better way to do it than kill some demons on Mars. So <laughs> I love Doom, but I think I said my other honorable mentions being Last of Us and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So what, sir, is your favorite game of all time, aside from your honorable mentions that I know would probably be on this list, this set of the list instead? Okay, this one's really, really going to date me, but here we go. Okay. It is Contra. Really? NES. The hardest game to this day I have ever played. Really? Mm-hmm. And to, huh. to answer your question, that actually was a game that you could play cooperatively on the NES. Ah, but you had to switch controllers whenever you would do it, right? No, no. Really? You both had controllers at the same time. Huh, I didn't know. Well, I mean, this I don't know much about Contra like at all, but I didn't think there were really any games that had that ability to. Like, even with Mario, you just had to swap controllers. Granted that... Yeah, it wasn't taking turns. You were, you were playing same time, cooperatively, wow. and, and you had to because, oh my gosh, hardest game I've ever played. Huh. The more you know. I so. did not know that. Okay. Yeah, I know Contra was Contra was the first game that had the Konami code in it, right? Yeah, the Konami code was was created because we were all ready to ditch our Nintendos and set them on fire because of how hard Contra was. And what what it actually did, the first Konami code gave when you put in the Konami code for Contra, it gave you 30 lives. Really? And you would use them. That okay. That that definitely makes sense. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I did not see. I I know about the Contra franchise. I've never played a Contra game though, yeah. and I know they still make them. I think they're. I think uh, one of the, a developer for. Uh, I think it's Xbox. I think someone's working on a Contra remake. Uh, so I actually might not be Xbox because Contra was Konami, so that probably would be in PlayStation's wheelhouse. But um, I think I heard not that long ago that somebody is working on a Contra remake or a Contra game. So that would be cool to be exposed to the Contra franchise. Cause I mean, you're number one, gotta be number one for a reason. 
<laughs> yeah. So, wow, that's really cool, though. Uh, my number one, this is definitely fueled off nostalgia because this is the first game I ever beat and completed was Pokemon Soul Silver. That was the game that I got when I got my very first ever uh, Nintendo handheld. I got the Nintendo DSi when I was nine years old back in 2010. And um, my mom was, I think I got it and I was in like first or second grade and my mother was giving it to me as like a as like a, like a gift for getting straight A's that year. And she was like, I have, there's this special where you can uh, get this Nintendo DS. And I think for like $20 off, you can get a game. So what game do you want? And I, I was a kid. I grew up where there was, you know, like being in a small town, especially there's not a whole lot to do. So majority of the time you're talking to kids, you're just bonding over like video games and stuff. And I heard people talk about Pokemon all the time. And I remember I had these two friends and they were the ones who exposed me to Pokemon and Pokemon cards. And I was like, you know what? I want to play a Pokemon game. And I knew right around that time was whenever Pokemon soul silver came out. So I bought Pokemon Soul Silver and I absolutely love that game to this very day as somebody who has been an avid Pokemon lover since I was a kid to now I still play Pokemon games I think they're a lot of fun in fact I just recently you listeners of the podcast won't be able to see this but I recently reshelled my Nintendo Switch Pro controller with a Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee themed you can't really see it also on our video chat because my webcam has terrible exposure right now, but I re like redid the shell of my Nintendo switch pro controller to match the color scheme of the let's go Pikachu and Eevee games. Uh, but I absolutely love Pokemon. And I think to this very day, uh, aside from like Pokemon platinum, I think I entered into Pokemon right at its peak. So it's only been going downhill since then, but I still love it. Uh, but Pokemon soul silver by far is one of my favorite games of all time. I, I was actually talking to Ben about this a few months ago about how I have this pretty decent sized video game collection. And he was talking about how like Pokemon games, especially classical games from like the Nintendo DS era have been rising in value steadily. Um, you know, they retail for about 40 to $50. And if you try and find them on eBay, they're going from anywhere from like 80 to a hundred dollars. And um I was like, even for a million dollars, I would never sell my original Pokemon Soul Silver game. I would never, because it's got so much nostalgia, so much definitive value to me. I could never part with that thing. It's very first game I ever like beat and completed. I that'd be like me spitting in ten year old me's face. I couldn't do that to myself. <laughs> I think that caps uh, our top ten lists. So, I guess out of all these. Um, and I mean, you can incorporate your honorable mentions in this too. What is one game that you would definitely recommend our audience to give a try if they're ever able to? Well, for me, I got to go number one. Like I know it's an old school system and I'm, I'm not super up to date on like what you can platform over, but if you can find the original 1987 Contra on NES and you want your blood pressure to shoot through the roof, <laughs> play the Contra series. Um, I'm telling you, it's, you know, it came out when I was three years old and I have not found a game harder or more frustrating. Wait, you were playing this game as a three-year-old? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I wasn't very good at it, but yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, were your hands even big enough to grip the controller? Now, have you seen how small an NES controller is? 
I have. I have a replica of it back there. <laughs> I mean, it's like the size of a bar of soap. I mean, yeah, but like you've got the sharp edges and everything. I can't imagine it'd be comfy for like a little kid. Well, I wouldn't like jamming the side of the controller into my head or something. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> saying that. I was just like, I can't imagine it being like a super comfy thing to hold, mm-hmm. especially for a three-year-old with tiny hands. Um, but that's, that's fair. I've been meaning to give the Contra franchise a try. So whether I try it with the eventual remake that I'm sure is going to come out in the next few years or whether it's just a new Contra game or you know what? I want to get into retro collecting. I would love to get an NES or an NES top loader something that'll let me kind of play a lot of those classic games in original hardware format i would love to give contra a try i've heard a lot of really good things about it that and i mean there's a lot of other games that are from the retro era that we've discussed that i would love to just play in their original like meant to be formed with the original controller original console and everything so i'll have to give contra a try at some point hopefully sometime soon but my uh, like recommendation out of all of them, while I love Pokemon, I love Minecraft, all these other games, but uh, my like recommendation for people to try, because I guarantee you also have the ability to, everyone and their mother has a Wii, give Wii Sports and Wii Play a try. You'll be surprised how much fun can be had out of that game, even in 2021. 15 years out of that after that game came out. I guarantee you'll have a lot of fun with that, especially you get a bunch of friends together, you get together with your family, just play some Wii Sports or Wii Play. You'll have a lot of fun with it, I promise. But I think that wraps it up for this episode of Gents with Few Cents. Uh, good luck to all those out there who are competing in one act in UIL. I know we're getting to that. And for those who are in college and high school, you know, kind of facing the rear end of the semester, just, you know, persevere. It's tough, but it's tough for everybody. You're not alone. Seek the help that you need, whether it's going to tutoring, going to uh, some sort of SI session, whatever you need to do. You know, just you're so close. Don't let it be for nothing. Don't cue drop if you don't need to. Just power through. I promise it'll be worth it. Um, but I believe that wraps it up. Is there anything you'd like to add, sir, Ben or Gracie? My now, sir, Ben. I was going to say, is there anything you would like to add, sir, <laughs> comma, Ben, comma, Gracie? Uh, you didn't say comma. <laughs> you don't say a comma. Is there anything y'all would like to add before we go? Yeah, stop calling me sir, and then also stop referring to things from when I was 25 at Nostalgia. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think with that, that brings this episode to an end. Alrighty, thank you, uh, Chance, for being with us once again. Uh, Our next episode is going to be our review of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I've been having a lot of fun watching that show. It's only six episodes, but each episode has been pretty content-packed, and I'm so excited to get into the nitty-gritty of that show, just as I was with WandaVision. I love the show just as much. So I hope you all have a great day, and we'll see you all next time. Bye.